welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Today, we're proud to welcome back to the show Celeste Starchild, the general manager of ListHub, the listing syndication platform that supports MLSs, franchises, brokers, and agents with a complete set of tools to drive a successful strategy for advertising real estate listings. Celeste is a past guest of Real Estate Coaching Radio who has provided us with thoughts and analysis on the role of listing syndication in today's marketplace. She joins us today to discuss the expiration of Zillow's syndication agreement with ListHub on April 7th and help us to understand what this means for Zillow, ListHub, and the real estate industry in general. Let's welcome Celeste back to the show as we join our host, Tim Harris. So first of all, Celeste, um, on behalf of our 100,000 listeners, it's an honor to have you on our radio show for this exclusive interview, and I do sincerely appreciate that Move and, of course, you are giving this opportunity, giving us this opportunity to help you guys get the word out uh, about what happened with this, uh, essentially this breakup between Zillow and ListSub, so we sincerely appreciate it. Well, hello, Tim, and hello, everybody. Thank you for having me here. It's really a pleasure to be back. I uh, always enjoy uh, having conversation with you and looking forward to discussing this with you today. So listeners, we've got a lot of ground to cover, and we're not going to be taking any commercial breaks today. Um, We have a lot of specific questions that a lot of our listeners have um, asked us to ask you, and I think um, this is the opportunity to sort of clear the air about what actually happened and what didn't happen, because there's been a lot about this. I think probably one of the most, uh, I don't know what to call it, controversial, but sort of one of the most interesting topics that's come out of real estate probably in the last 12 to 24 months. And so this will be our opportunity to kind of talk about all the things, answer hopefully all the questions that folks have, and and honestly just really set the groundwork for an open and honest conversation going forward. So according to the industry letter that you guys published uh, yesterday, Zillow actually backed out on their syndication deal with ListHub earlier this month. So this isn't ListHub shutting them down. Is that accurate? Uh, That's accurate. Um, So, yes, there was at least one uh, media headline um, that really did mislead some people. And uh, uh, as the news broke, we started receiving phone calls from customers and partners um, asking about the headlines that they had seen and, you know, were they true and so forth. And and so we thought it was really important to clear the air and um, help people understand with some clarity really what had transpired to date. Um, just give them the facts so that everybody understood what was happening. So what, is the spe- what are the specific terms of the agreement renewal that turned ListHub off to renewing their contract, or you think that turned maybe Zillow off? Was there anything in particular that they objected to? All right. I really can't speak for Zillow and, and, and how they viewed the term sheet that we presented. Um, you know, if, if we, we didn't receive a, a response to that term sheet, um, we may have more, more visibility into uh, their views if we did, um, but we didn't. And so uh, I wouldn't be able to speculate as to, as to what uh, they were opposed to or, or in favor of. 
Sounds makes sense. So uh, when will this uh, change become fully effective? It's dated April 7th at the end of the contract date. Does this mean Zillow will quit receiving data uh, basically at midnight that day? Exactly. So April 7th is a date um, on which the current agreement expires, and without a new agreement uh, to support any relationship between ListHub and Zillow, um, the listings will no longer be provided effective uh, at the end of that day on April April 7th, 2015. Okay, very good. So are there any circumstances that you're aware of uh, where the listing fee to Zillow would not be shut off or would not be you know, terminated? I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, no, I think we, we sort of understand um, what the options are going to be going forward for the brokers and for the MLSs and for the agents in the industry. Um, should they choose to continue uh, advertising listings on Zillow, um, they'll need to pursue um, a, you know, their own uh, contracts, agreements, um, technological methods for supporting those relationships if they choose to go forward. So you mentioned that there was a lot of confusion out there about who did what and when and all that, you know, sort of drama that was floating around for the past couple of days. Who mm-hmm. do you think this will affect? Who do you think this will, this will affect most? Obviously Zillow, but what about the agents and the brokers? Uh, absolutely, the agents and the brokers would be affected the most. Right. So does Zillow have any remaining commitments or requirements with ListSub after the contract expires, as far as you know, or are willing to talk about? There are not. So there are some public aspects um, of the agreement that ListSub forms with all of our publisher partners. Um, And those are some of the terms that are common throughout all of those publisher agreements that help to uh, ensure that the content that you know, distributed to these sites remains accurate and uh, with integrity and that the listings will display in a manner that's um, consistent with fair display guidelines put forward by um, brokers, franchises, and MLSs in the industry. Um, and, and within those terms are uh, terms related to uh, what the publishers can do with content after um, it's no longer a marketable listing or the listing no longer um, exists or appears in the list of feed. And fundamentally, these publishers are all rega- uh, required to, uh, um, that's something that's always been the case with ListHub and with all of the 160 publishers that we do support. And um, and that is that, you know, no photos or uh, pricing or remarks or virtual tours or any of that content that was aggregated by the realtor and submitted onto those publisher websites for the purpose of advertising to consumers. Um, it just has to be purged out of their system and it can't display any longer. So, so those rules, those terms that, um, that exist within our current agreement with Zillow uh, will be in full effect. Okay. So I'm just out of curiosity. This next question I think feeds right into that one. So obviously when the listing feed is cut off, Zillow's data will start to age. Or I mean, So how does that work? I mean, do they have any requirements or restrictions on how they handle listings they previously purchased from ListHub? I'm sure I'm not using the right terminology, but I think you get the gist of it. Or, or do they have to remove it within a certain time frame? Sure. Um, they have to remove it within a certain time frame. So the idea that the listings would sit out there on the Internet and, you know, kind of just sit there forever and eventually get stale um, is a misnomer. Actually, those listings will come down. Um, they will be removed within 48 hours of the feed being terminated. Um, so they'll no longer appear on Zillow at all. They'll be completely purged out of Zillow's databases at that point in time um, in accordance with our current agreement with Zillow. Okay. So you're saying, I mean, it, this might be an impossible question to answer, 
because you guys won't obviously have control of this. But if the information from ListHub is appearing on Zillow and you know Trulia for that matter, and once the site, uh, once you guys, the you know April seventh rolls around, um, is there a specific window where they have to remove all the data, is, or can they have essentially continue to publish it or continue to have it on their website? Uh, forever. I mean, is there any is there anything in in place that says on this date anything that we provide for you is done? Yes. I mean, immediately um, when we remove the listings from the feed to Zillow, which will happen obviously on April the seventh, um, no data will flow from the List Hub platform um, to, to Zillow at all. Which um, at, you know, at that point, they will have um, about two days, uh, forty eight hours or so. Um, to remove those listings altogether. So the listings will absolutely go away. They will not appear on Zillow's website at all after those two days. Um, so we're looking at, you know, give or take, you know, April 9th or so uh, when that will occur. How does this affect your working relationship with Trulia? I mean, th that's, gonna, that's obviously going to get complicated. So how does that work? Sure, sure. So, um, so, so Trulia um, is uh, is a current publisher partner uh, within the List Hub network. Um, a lot of people are talking about the the pending merger between uh, Zillow and Trulia. Um, this is probably entering into areas um, that are uh, governed, I guess, by agreements that we have uh, with Trulia and with Zillow um, that are confidential. Um, there are provisions in our contracts that would explain uh, some of the options that would, um, you know, would would be available at such a time when there was any type of uh, merger or acquisition. Um, it's, it's not something that we can uh, kind of speculate um, and, and share today, um, but there are contract terms in place that would um, kind of kind of spell out uh, what the options would be um, in that scenario. So in essence, the, until the merger, until they're actually one company, until it's actually complete, mm -hmm. the uh, mm -hmm. even though truly has a working relationship with you guys, I, mm -hmm. what it sounds like you you might be suggesting is that there's an agreement in place that wouldn't allow truly to necessarily share that information with Zillow. I mean, in essence, broad strokes, is that about right? I really, <laughs> I, I really can't speak to that. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, hopefully this next this next question is something that comes up a lot. I've seen this cited many many times. Um, back in September, Luke Glass from Move told uh, in the news that ListHub data was estimated to be up to 60% of Zillow's current listings. Do you think that's accurate? And how much ListHub data is currently on Zillow's database? Which are, what we're, you understand the gist of the question. What we're trying to understand is what's the significance of ListHub's data no longer being on Zillow. And sure. then you know people can kind of maybe surmise how long it'll take for Zillow to replace that data from direct feeds and from their own efforts. Do you do you have any um, comment on the sixty percent number specifically? Sure, sure. You know the, the difficulty in that percentage is understanding what uh, what the denominator is in that equation. Um, the total number of listings across the United States um, is going to be probably a different number depending on who you ask. But I will say we estimate that today to be somewhere in the ballpark of a little over 2.4 million active listings in the U.S. today. Um, again, you know, it really depends on, on what you're including and excluding from that number. Um, you know, we do know uh, from our perspective how many listings we send. Um, obviously, we don't have any visibility um, into how many of those listings are uh, are, are, are being received um, by our publisher partners in duplicate. Um, and so there could be some duplication out there, certainly. But we're seeing about 1.75 million listings uh, being sent out today. So um, 
so the the figure that Luke Glass quoted um, is right about on target. Um, so I, I would say that's accurate. Um, and uh, you know, so we we certainly have visibility into this side of of the the coin. Um, what they're receiving on the other side uh, is is the part that we don't have visibility into, but they could speak to better. Help me understand, for the sake of our listeners, what we're talking about. So there's a total number of how many. Let's just focus on um, resale listings, right? Realtor listing. I always have, I have agents telling me to pronounce it right. So listener, uh, listeners, I'm going to say it right. Uh, realtor listings, uh, resale listings primarily, obviously new construction as well. But do you have any feel for how many are presently for sale in the MLS and the MLSs across the country that you guys have relationships with? Yes, my estimate on that is approximately 2.4 million. Um, okay. I think it's a little bit upward of 2.4 million listings today. Okay, so we're talking about a over 1.3, somewhere in there, of the listings that when the list hub feed to Zillow is cut off, those number of listings won't appear anymore on Zillow. I mean, that's you, I, was an English, I was an English major, so granted, my math skills aren't the greatest, but that's a significant <laughs> margin. Now, right. back on January back on January uh, 6th, Greg uh, Schwartz again mentioned Zillow's program to establish listing fees with brokers and MLSs independently. Um, mm-hmm. Just your opinion, Celeste. Is it likely you think that we'll be able to make up the shortfall in data by the, the by the expiration of the contract by April 7th? It's a good question. I don't know what their strategies are, and I I, I don't know what their approach will be, and it's hard for me to uh, to know uh, what Zillow's plans are to uh, make up the difference with accurate listings on their website. Right. So it is. Um, this wasn't uh, Move.com. Obviously, controls uh, Realtor.com. And Realtor.com will have no disruption in the number of listings appearing on the site. And agents need to be clear about that, right? So this is only pertaining to Zillow and hypothetically, truly, this disruption we're talking about. There was some confusion about that as well. That's correct. Um, These developments do not impact the listings on Realtor.com at all. Um, Realtor.com, because of its unique position within the industry and their partnership um, with the NAR, has you know relationships with uh, nearly every single one of the uh, 850 plus MLSs across the country, and they acquire their content uh, from those MLSs directly. Um, and so this this development will not impact Realtor.com at all. Nor will it, nor will it, Celeste. I think you made this very clear in your uh, your PR yesterday. Nor will it affect the 160 partners you guys have as well, right? And this is just specifically pertaining to Zillow. So everybody else, you want to to really drill down on that? I do. And I'm I'm glad you asked that question, Tim, because I think um, often the industry uh, becomes a little bit myopic with uh, the the T's and Z's of the world. Um, And the network that we operate supports about 160 different uh, publishers uh, nationwide um, of all types and all varieties. And uh, we are committed as a business to continue to support those companies. And I'll give you a sense um, and, your, and your listeners a sense of who those companies are um, uh, because I think some of them are really critical industry players. Um, and uh, to start, we support uh, what we call the Real Estate, na- Real Estate Network websites, which uh, is just our way of saying franchise websites. Um, we provide a listing feed to uh, four of the major franchise websites today. Um, those include Century21.com, ColdwellBanker.com, Remax.com, 
and RealtyExecutives.com, and all four of these major industry websites are powered with listings from ListHub. Um, in addition to that, we have another set of industry players um, that use the ListHub platform to power their websites, um, and that's MLS public websites. Um, so those MLS websites that uh, choose to um, expand their presence beyond the local MLS market um, can use ListHub platform to power their listings. Um, so uh, the Houston Association of Realtors was first to do, uh, to do that and announce that uh, last year um, with their website, HAR.com. Um, in addition, we support uh, a numerous newspaper websites, niche websites that um, display uh, listing types from luxury to condo to land and farm, um, et cetera, and, and, and a very meaningful, um, often very, very meaningful audiences within those groups. So in total, there are about 160 sites. So some of them are industry players, some of them are not industry players, but in all cases, um, they're all companies that have um, agreed to the type of uh, display, uh, listing display terms that brokers have asked for um, within the industry. Um, things like um, assuring that brokers and agents get appropriate attribution on their listings um, or assurance that um, they're going to treat the realtor's content uh, with, uh, with respect and display it on their website to consumers but not use that content um, in any unintended uses um, you know, off market or otherwise. Um, our perspective is, you know, our our network of uh, content owners, brokers, agents, um, and franchises um, have set the bar higher and higher each year um, regarding you know how they want their content to be to be treated and, and what they think is fair. Um, they've been very articulate and very clear about what they think the fair exchange of value is between the realtor and those websites. And any website that that has a um, a, a solid business model and wants to support our brokers and agents are welcome to join the network. You know, you just said a lot of interesting little tidbits, and I was listening very carefully, and I hope our listeners were as well. Um, and, you know, it's I think it's really important that our listeners understand, and the industry understands that you guys are really there. And you and I talked about this in our last interview, you know, last time we, we did, did a radio show together. Yeah, I mean, you guys are there to really listen to what the community is talking about and how they want their listings displayed. And through you, through Move, you you know, they have a voice. And when the information shows up on other websites and the agents and consumers are all upset because the information's not accurate and agents and, and you know, the industry gets blamed for it, you know, that's the kind of stuff that makes agents mad, makes the MLSs mad, and those are the types of rules that, you, you know, you guys put rules in place that are designed to prevent that start, sort of thing from happening. So, Listeners, around this topic, I know Celeste won't touch what I'm about to say, but around this topic, you guys can kind of come up with your own conclusions about maybe some of the disagreements that happened in the, in the course of negotiating. You guys have all been dealing with a lot of these types of issues in, in the business where you're having to you know, tell that buyer that, guess what, the house has been sold forever, or you're having to tell that seller that, well, you know what, I, I get the fact that the CMA is, or the, you know, the estimate online is saying this, and, but the reality is that. So, you know, Celeste, that's really, I think, the the value that many folks don't understand. They think you guys just get the data and then spit it out. They don't understand that you guys are really the uh, gatekeeper of who uses the data, and then you're very stringent on how the, you know, whether they get to keep using it based on whether they follow the rules. You mentioned a few things there that are rules for the folks that are reusing the data. What are some other things you think that agents would be surprised to hear? 
Sure. Um, so uh, some of the terms are related to how the listing will display. Um, one example of a requirement that we have with all publisher partners is that there will be um, a link to the source of the listing. Um, that link is usually a link that back to the listing detail page for that listing on a broker or agent's website. Um, some people call that the redirect link. Uh, but we do require that that displays on the listing detail page for any listing that's distributed out to uh, our network of publishers. Um, Can I ask a question so, about that? Can I ask, sure. Let me let me drill down on that one. Do you do you say where it has to be displayed? Because that's obviously a big you know hot spot for listing agents. Is sure. you know their information is clear on the bottom and no one ever sees it. I mean, do you guys have rules pertaining to where their link back has to be? Today, no. Today, it's it's not quite that specific. Um, we we simply require that the you know the firm name, uh, phone number, et cetera, uh, list agent's name, and the link display. So. Um, I, I would see that as, as something sort of uh, more general that, that we require on the page. Okay, um, that makes sense. You asked about the terms. Some of the other terms are related to uh, how, um, uh, for example, leads are generated. So um, we have a dashboard uh, for brokers and agents uh, that use ListHub where the brokers and agents can identify a lead management email address or phone number where they want their leads to go. Um, oftentimes, brokers and agents who are uh, really working hard to be, uh, you know, to respond quickly to online consumers um, will have sophisticated business rules in place for routing those leads, whether you, they're using a software program to do that or whether they're routing those leads to specific team members. Um, so our, uh, one of the things that we ensure within the list of network is that those uh, lead management settings will be honored by the publishers. Um, so when the data is distributed out to a publisher website, um, that lead email and phone number is included in the feed, and that's part of the agreement with the publisher that they'll send the data um, to that uh, destination on, on behalf of broker or agent. Um, you know, there are also rules around, you know, consumer display versus non-consumer display. Um, you know, we don't necessarily uh, have a judgment call against uh, a lot of the you know, software tools that brokers and agents use, uh, but we we do know that our customers send listings through ListHub in order to get consumer exposure. So we do you know, have agreements with the publishers that the listing content will be used for consumer display and not for any, you know, B2B use or derivative works or products that are built uh, to, you know, be sold back to the brokers and to the agents um, and certainly not in any off-market uses. Makes sense. So I understand that Zillow supplies data to Yahoo Homes, uh, Street Easy, Hot Pads, um, and this, I'm, I'm assuming this information coming from them is originally sourced from ListHub. Uh, so I would, would we expect to see changes on those sites as well? That's right. Yep. That's right. In, in right. short, the answer is yes. So many of the sites <laughs> in our network uh, have what we call an extended network. So um, you named uh, kind of the, the, the most well-known sites within Zillow's extended network, uh, Yahoo, Hotpad, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, all of those sites would be impacted in exactly the same way that Zillow is impacted by the development. Um, can you explain uh, Zillow metrics? Because I understand that uh, in order to provide accurate industry-wide reporting, ListHub will still accept zero, uh, Zillow metrics. Can you explain that a bit? Sure, absolutely. Um, so the network's a two-way street, right? Um, so on one uh, side of the street, so to speak, we have brokers and agents who make decisions about where they want to send their listings through the ListHub dashboard. And their listings are distributed to all the sites that they choose. 
Um, on the other side of the street, and, and this actually is one of the things that we, we require of all the publishers within the network, um, the publishers provide analytics and consumer traffic data uh, back to ListHub, which allows us to aggregate that data and format it in a usable manner and provide business intelligence reports um, to brokers and agents so that they can have insights into, you know, what's happening with their listings online um, and answer, you know, important business questions like what types of properties are performing the best, uh, what zip codes are performing the best, which publisher websites are driving the most traffic, or maybe even more importantly than traffic, uh, driving a higher, highest conversion from traffic into leads, indicating more seriousness um, um, and uh, sort of transaction-ready buyers. Um, so these analytics are really important business intelligence and also give agents a great way to uh, update and inform the seller and give transparency to the seller into what's happening with the marketing of their property online. Yeah, definitely. It makes sense. So as we round the bend here, um, is there anything, any questions that I should have asked, anything else uh, that you'd like to um, you know, present to the real estate community? Um, anything comes to mind, Celeste? I, I think you covered it well. Um, you know, I think I think our, our the letter, as you stated from the very beginning, um, is to uh, make sure that you know the industry has um, some facts and to to really understand um, you know what their options are, what we'll be providing to uh, the industry and to our customers. Um, a lot of questions that we've received recently are around the reporting and the analytics, and um, and so we wanted to make sure that you know we took you know, took the opportunity to uh, to tell the industry in plain language that this is uh, an area that we're going to remain very focused in um, and, uh, in fact, have a lot of plans for increasing the types of data points and the types of content that we include in those reports. So that will be a big part of our future and a big part of the value that we strive to bring to our customers. So um, I, I think that, uh, you know, you've asked all the most pertinent questions. I, I, I really appreciate it. I I hope it's been helpful for everybody listening today. Well, I'm glad that we had this opportunity together, and I want to sincerely thank you, Celeste Starchild, and also um, our friends at MOVE for making this possible. I mean, it, it's, uh, I think it's really important that we get all the conjecture out of this story and really kind of put a period at the end of the sentence so folks can move forward with all the facts. And so there it is, listeners. You know, if you guys have any other specific questions, um, I'll tell you what, just email them to me, and I'll relay them off unless – Celeste, you would want the emails yourself. It's up to you. But my email direct, my direct email, guys, and this goes directly to my uh, Mac, is coach, C-O-A-C-H, Tim, T-I-M, Harris, at gmail.com. So just email me directly. That's not my normal business email address. And um, I'll send those off to uh, move. And then, you know, maybe they'll address you guys, uh, your questions directly, or maybe we can cover the questions on future radio show. So Celeste, thank you very much for being my co-host today. I sincerely appreciate it. Listeners, there you, you have it. As as promised, there's our exclusive interview with Celeste Starchild. Um, guys, keep all this in mind. You know, this is an ever-changing, you know, interesting industry where we're going to see all kinds of new players creep up. We're going to see all kinds of opportunities. And I'll tell you, when I was listening to Celeste articulately explain the position of Lift Hub and Move on this situation, what's clear to me is they didn't try to not do, uh, work something out with Zillow. It's quite the opposite from what I can tell. And as a broker, as an agent, um, you know, 
I'd be listening to this and seeing the opportunity because hypothetically, there's going to be a lot of folks that are buyers that are looking for homes, sellers that are looking for listing data, homes data, home valuations. And if Zillow doesn't uh, replace the 1.2-ish listings that they're going to lose as a result of not having the list hub syndication any longer, those folks are going to naturally start going to agents and broker sites. So, you know, maybe this is your warning that you should get your site, uh, you know, really get it polished up, get all your pages working, get all your data accurate, and anticipate that you'll probably see a surge in traffic. And I'm going to extend this offer again to anybody at Zillow that would like to be on a radio show to uh, you know, discuss their stance on this and why they walked away from negotiation. That would be obviously something that all of our listeners and all the rest of the industry would love to hear. This is a topic that is on everyone's mind, and it's something that everyone sort of wants to understand. So Zillow, hey, you know, I'm here. <laughs> Respond to our emails. We'd love to have you on the radio. Celeste Starchild, uh, Move.com, List Hub, thank you very much for being our co-host today. And listeners, we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.